Becoming an authentic, fearless, fabulous speaker will get you noticed as an expert and an influencer. Everyone has the power to speak from their soul and has a fearless presenter inside just waiting to come out and shine. Welcome to Present Your Power with Abigail Rebecca. We'll show you how to tap into your power, own your authentic voice, and speak your truth on stage, in video presentations, and everyday business life. Now, here is your host, Abigail Rebecca. Hey everyone and welcome to Present Your Power. I'm so happy to have you here listening to the show on what I hope is a lovely bright sunny day wherever you are in the world. So if you've been listening to the show for a while then welcome back or if this is your first time then it's really good to have you here. So if this is your first time just to explain a little bit about the show. The show is all about presenting your power. It's about standing up, finding your voice and speaking your truth and it's something I'm really really passionate about my vision is to create a million voices a million women standing up and speaking their truth and as voice america has got millions of listeners and this is a great platform to start from and as my day job um, as a presentation coach i help entrepreneurs and multiple six figures by transforming them into fabulous presenters but it's not just about presenting yourself on stage or to camera it's so so much more than that it's about being empowered it's about self-love and self-care and self-acceptance and it's about feeling beautiful on the inside and on the outside and it's about feeling that you can take on the world and inspiring each other really to do the same it's about giving to give it's about being generous it's about supporting each other and it's about raising each other up and you know I I didn't have very positive female role models when I was growing up it was only really when I left home at 16 and subsequently traveled the world for the next 10 years that I started to meet women who really really inspired me they were intelligent they had a purpose but most importantly they didn't sit around and talk about other women behind their backs so I'm so so lucky to be surrounded by the most wonderful inspirational women in my mastermind group with my business colleagues and with my friends in fact there's no point differentiating them because they are all my friends Um, we support one another we inspire one another and we talk about ideas what we're creating and our vision for the future however I'm a realist I know that I don't live in a Disney movie I live in the real world and I'm under no illusion that as women we should be supporting and collaborating more I come from a 10-year corporate background where I had to finally hone my masculine traits to claw my way to the top to earn a half decent salary where it was literally every woman for themselves. My natural feminine energy quite literally was starved and I was encouraged to be tough, thick-skinned, unemotional and competitive. Like All the traits really that would make me, in their eyes, an exceptional leader in the business and funnily enough, actively encouraged by female bosses 
Well, my life and my values are, are slightly different now. And um, I get to meet the most inspirational woman, women. And, and one who I met just over a year ago, um, when I interviewed her for a global summit I was hosting. Um, and, and since then, we've kept in touch. And I'm very, very honored to be also on the advisory board of her company. So here's the official intro. So award-winning producer and entrepreneur Lynn Parker created Funny Women in 2002 and her company is now recognized as the leading experts in female comedy, helping women to perform right and do business with humor. With the celebrated Funny Women Awards, the core of her business, Lynn runs events in London, Brighton, Manchester, Dublin and the world famous Edinburgh Fringe. Lynn is a respected writer and facilitator and runs workshops about using humor in the workplace and for boosting confidence and self-esteem, building teams and improving diversity. So I'm very excited to interview her because actually our vision is aligned Um, and she regularly contributes to business and consumer publications, including The Independent, The Guardian, Huffington Post and KWIB magazine and hosts her own program, Funny Women On Air, on the newly created women's radio station. Welcome, Lynn. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm sitting in a very sunny, actually in the shade, in a mm-hmm. part of England called the Garden of England of, of Kent. And uh, just trying to keep, keep, my, keep my aging skin <laughs> away from the, <laughs> from the sun. That's, that's how I roll, you know. But uh, yes, yeah, no, that's I'm, how you I'm roll. very good. Thank you. Oh, well, it's great to have you here. And actually, it's really, you know, this is an international show. We have listeners from all around the world. Um, But I have to say that mostly I have American-based entrepreneurs and experts um, that I interview on the show. So it's really, really lovely to have you, a fellow Brit, on the show. I'm certainly a Brit, that's for sure. (laughs) You are, you are. So, um, Lynn, I mean, you know, there's there's no two ways to to, to say this, but I think you're an absolute legend. Um, I love what you do. Well, I I do. I really, really love what you do. I always work with other women who are more legendary than me. So, you know, it's nice to be called a legend. <laughs> well, you are. You are absolutely. You. And, um, you know, I, I, I love... Um, I, I love uh, like hanging out with you when we have the opportunity to do so. I love to kind of follow you on social media. Um, and I also love what you stand for and what you represent. Um, and as I Thank said you. before, our vision is, is very, very aligned. Um, Absolutely. So, so would do, you... It's it interesting what you were saying about um, women who, you know, who, who your, your experience as well of working um, your way up in the sort of travel uh, industry because mm. I started my career working in women's magazines. I mean, you know, interestingly. And I was very involved with the fashion world, um, a bit like, you know, um, the sort of, uh, you know, the, the sort of glossy sets you see in, in a lot of well-known movies. I, I, was, I was the fashion junior and, but actually what's so interesting is how some of the older women that I work for were absolutely the sort of cast iron opposite of the sort of Ben Close, Close character who didn't want to help you. They were actually brilliant. And, and it was those kind of women that really buoyed me up and gave me my confidence. 
And it's all about finding those women and seeking them out and, and building relationships with them because they're the women that will help you. And if ever I have a legacy to leave the next generation, it's find those, find those older women. You know, it's all, it's all got fancy names now. It's all about reverse mentoring and what have you. But actually find those women who've been through the sort of trajectory of, of being a junior and then being middle management and then being the boss. And, and, and find out how they did it. Talk to them because I believe me, they'd be really happy to tell you their story. And you know, that's mm. what women are great at. As we both know, women are natural storytellers. And that's the thing that I, I, I really believe it's those women that gave me what I still have today. Now, now I'm in my, I'm now 61, about to be 62. Um, I still feel at my age, I've got this amazing, Joie de Beaver, and I, I still love working. I've got lots of energy, and I want to pass that on to, to other women. And that, that's kind of my, very much my benchmark for how we and women can help each other out. Mm. I, do, I, I often speak about... Um my background in corporate and sometimes I feel like I'm letting the side down a little bit because it obviously it wasn't all like that and you know there was some amazing inspirational like wonderful wonderful women who mentored me yeah um but often I think it's just like a default of the environment I mean literally you know if you weren't like that then you just wouldn't get anywhere so actually it was like well it you know it was it was like eat 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 or be eaten (laughs) it really was yeah um so it you know it's it would be interesting to kind of discuss this in a little bit more depth with you around yeah it's not just about it's not just about changing each other and how we react it's also the environment as well isn't it yeah I think the environment has changed and actually the best the best bit of advice I was I one of the one of the best bits of advice I've ever been given was by a lovely man who was a board director of an extremely well-known retail corporation here in the UK and he he just said to me two words Lynn two words be nice and I get it because if you're nice to people on the way up uh, a they'll be nice to you if you are on the way down and I you know we all have our ups and downs I've had some very very tough times with funny women still do have very tough times but actually if you're nice and you're open and you're charming people will want to help you out but if you you know and and I have to say that's a challenge for me because I have I have a very down streak in me you know I I suffer from sort of mental health issues I have you know depression and I suffer from a lot of those kind of things which are very common very well publicized today probably didn't know so much about it when I was younger but you know I do have the black dog and I have to be quite careful but I you know I always always think of those words when I'm feeling a bit low and I'm thinking how am I going to get through this how am I going to get through this challenge yeah be nice because actually it gets you a long way sometimes you have to get a little bit sort of stroppy with people and you know sometimes and and actually that whole sort of controlled indignation, anger, whatever you want to call it, can be very powerful as well. But I do think that we, we as women have forgotten how to play that card. And interesting coming as advice from a man who was very successful. And actually, he, he wasn't gay. He was a straight man, had family and what have you. But actually, he was quite feminine in his way of doing business. Does that make sense? Mm. I mean, you can get mm. men who have a very sort of strong, intuitive, uh, expressive way of doing business and actually when you look at quite a lot of leaders uh, successful 
business leaders, that, that whether they're male or female, they, they all have the similar sort of traits. Um, can't, can't vouch for the political leaders, but that's, that's yeah. another discussion. <laughs> uh, but I do think that's something we need to take on board is the sort of yin and yang of, of how, we, how we interact with each other. So, you know, and power in women is often perceived in the wrong way. Power is often uh, connected with sort of aggressiveness or, you know, glass ceilings and all of those kinds of things, which I do think exist, but it's how we play them and how we learn to adapt them and how we learn to interact and encourage men to see business from our perspective because we do see things differently. Women do work in a different way. Mm, oh yeah, the, I mean, and 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 definitely, there's you know, there's the whole female, this female and masculine energy that we can just channel Absolutely. day in day out. You know, it's like deciding the best environment, the best way to use it. You know, sometimes I, I still have a masculine energy. Um, you know, especially like things like, you know, if I run, I go for a run. That's my masculine energy. If I sit yes, down and absolutely. do yoga and meditate, yes. that's my feminine energy. Yeah. And I think, I think speak, speaking as an older woman as well, what we, what we don't take into account, and there's probably another whole program in this actually, but you know, when you Get go you through again. menopause, your hormones are all out of kilter and you are battling. You are having a battle with the masculine and feminine energy because, you know, you're, you're, you're losing your ability to procreate. Uh, you don't feel perhaps as feminine. Aging in women is not as well respected as it is with men. You know, men are silver foxes. Women become old hags. You know, it's, it's really, really tough. If you look at the sort of criticisms that our Prime Minister, Theresa May, comes in for in respect to her appearance, if, if she was a man, she would not get that same uh, level of observation. It, you know that people quite, they feel, people feel a right to comment on everything from her hair to her clothes, her shoes. Whereas nobody even looks at a man in that way, and I that's the bit that's the next bit that we have to aim towards as as a you know an equal society. There'll come a point where it really doesn't matter what a woman looks like; it'll be about what she does and what she says and what she is. Um, mm-hmm. or it might go the other way and we might start getting more interested in what, you know, we might start comment. Well, there are men that we do comment on. I'll just say hair and leave it at that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are interesting, there are interesting sociological ob- things going on as, as the balance of power changes. We're having to adapt to our society. We're having to learn how men, you know, as women, I think we, I think we do know how men work, so I'm sure there'll be some criticisms of that, but I do think we do understand men. We may not always acknowledge it, and we may not always accept it, but I am not convinced that men have really learned to harness the power of women and women's energy in the workplace in the same way. And I think when they do, they'll open a door to a whole new world and they'll see how much more we all get done, because we all have different strengths. You know, and the ideal society is a 50-50 one where we we all play to our particular strengths and expertise um and if you look at you know if you look at just bringing up children you know um and i have two and i look at the way we did it i mean they're old grown up now but you know we very much had a sort of 50-50 relationship 
uh, in terms of bringing up the children. We have one son and we have one daughter, rather conveniently. And I know that both of my, my son and my daughter have a really good balance because of the way we brought them up. You know, we were both bringing, we were both managing childcare between us. We were both working. I will honestly say that we probably sacrificed our own career trajectories because we chose to share that. Not one of us went off into the sunset career-wise. We always shared the care and we always brought them up together. And actually, interestingly, now we're both doing things that we are kind of, you know, set out to do. You know, me running my amazing, unusual business of Funny Women and my husband, who is a music producer and a brilliant musician, but he is also an academic and, you know, building a platform for himself is an amazing educator in in the world of of music and technology and, and, you know, development in that area, which he couldn't have done when he was younger. But, you know, I do think that we, you know, we've got to look at life from a different perspective. It isn't always about the young people. Uh, it isn't always about, you know, power and men being in charge. I think it's about us all playing to our strengths and us all having the ability to apply whatever skills we've learned along the way to that wonderful world of business. And I think, you know, there is a sort of parenting ethic in business I don't think we explore quite enough either. Mm. So I've gone off on a very different tack here, but it's how it came out. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really, really interesting. I mean, I look at, you know, who influences me in business and I've got, you know, I've got mentors, coaches who are in their 70s, yes. um, you know, real thought leaders, real sort of, you know, people that are into personal development. Then I've got, you know, colleagues that are in their 20s that are full of life, you know, bringing sort of new ideas and new experiences. And it's just really amazing just to be able to collaborate with lots of different people and you know male and female not just women I know that we're you know we're talking specifically about women now um and it's definitely a a subject that should be talked about but you know that whole collaboration of, of everybody together um Lynn we're just we're just going to a break now actually um but let's pick this subject up when we come back because I just find it really really fascinating um and um you know I hope I hope you're um enjoying the show as well and what we're talking about so we are going to be going for a break um you can learn more about Lynn and Funny Women by visiting funnywomen.com um so stay tuned and we'll be right back talking to Lynn right after these messages your world motivate change succeed voice america empowerment.com are you a purpose-driven entrepreneur who wants to create prosperity wealth and abundance in your business through public speaking as a presentation coach abigail rebecca helps entrepreneurs just like you tap into their power and break through their creative blocks to discover their unique presentation style and transform into fearless authentic fabulous presenters and influencers whether you've never spoken in public before whether you've spoken a few times and need to improve 
or whether you're an experienced speaker who wants to improve your conversion rate, Abby is ready to offer you a free 30-minute strategy session this week. On this call, you'll dig deep so Abby will understand you and what you believe in. What's your big, beautiful vision? Then she will help you to create a plan that will set you up to win. Email hello at abigailrebecca.com and set up a free Own Your Authentic Voice strategy session today. Again, that's hello at abigailrebecca.com. Do we really have a full understanding as to why we do certain things and function the way that we do? There are many different aspects of trauma, and you can learn more about them and how to overcome the symptoms by tuning in to Trauma Talk with host Ezrina Rose Scott. On Trauma Talk, Ezrina and her special guest experts and clients will discuss the different results of trauma and some effective methods in resolving and healing from them. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Present Your Power with Abigail Rebecca. To find out more about Abigail and her coaching services, please visit abigailrebecca.com. Now, back to Present Your Power. Yes, welcome back to Present Your Power. And on the show today, we've got Lynn Parker. Welcome back, Lynn. Hello. Hello. Right, we've been sizzling this morning already. Like, literally, we've been like... Getting straight to the point, straight to the point, talking about things that matter. (laughs) Life's too short. Get on with it, I say. (laughs) Exactly. We've got two British women here. We don't mess around. (laughs) I'm married to a Canadian, so I'm... I do have a little bit of transatlanticism, so we're, we're okay. So, um, so Lynn, I'd, I'd be really interested, actually, just to find out a little bit more about um, Funny Women. So, Funny Women is your business. Like, what, what is it that you actually do? What is it that you stand for? And how did you get to where you are now? Like, how did you get to run this business? Well, well number one, I think I'm still getting there. But anyway, <laughs> the story so far is that in, at the turn of the century you know, sort of around the year 2000, um, I was doing some work as my background is a, a journalism. I trained as a journalist. I worked, as I've mentioned previously, in fashion and beauty. And from there, I kind of ended up in public relations, which I did for many, many years, which was a great career because I managed to fit it around my family, work freelance, working companies. So, you know, long long, fairly convoluted and complex, but always managed to do the same, you know, always managed to to earn a living doing marketing, PR, that kind of thing, which I I think, you know, I think I was very good at it. I'm not sure my heart was in it. And then I ended up almost by default with a client in comedy. It's actually an American client who was launching uh, an American comedy brand here in the UK, and it was the American that hired me. They liked my straight talking, clearly. And I worked with them, and we uh, ran a comedy club in central London, and it was always male acts, always, hardly any women. And I was 
I was very disturbed by this. I said, well, why haven't you booked any women? Uh, and I was told by my, um, uh, the, uh, the British counterpart of the, the partnership, who was doing a lot of the booking here in the UK, that the reason there weren't any women is because, A, there weren't any, and, B, women weren't funny. Now, wow. you can imagine the steam coming out of my ears at that point, and I'm thinking, you know, I grew up in a household listening to, the, you know, loads of great comedy. My father, my late father, was a mad comedy fan. I think, he, I think in, in another world, he probably would have liked to have been a comedian, but, you know, he was, he was a, you know, heating and ventilating engineer, uh, and with no, you know, no way of getting into that. I mean, the world is different now. You can, you can go and do stand-up any night of the week, but he, he, you know, he didn't grow up in that environment. So I really had, you know... I've always had radio comedy and TV comedy on. So I was really into it, and I couldn't believe that there weren't women doing comedy. Of course there were women doing comedy. They were out there. They just weren't getting booked, or they didn't particularly want to play the blokey clubs. So anyway, long long story short, I came up with this idea. I said to the to the guys, I'll, why don't we do an event? And we'll focus on women. Uh, we'll, you know, why don't we just call it Funny Women? Um, seemed like a good idea at the time. Smart, smart, smartest thing I did was I went off and someone had said to me, oh, you know what you need to do? You need to, you need to build a website. Register the URL. I didn't even know what a URL was. So I did my homework, <laughs> bought funnywomen.com.co.uk and every other variant thereof, which obviously I still own. And that, in a way, was the start of it, as, as, as well as, you know, having then having a fallout with the British partner, the, the American partner in the club, went back to the U.S., and having come up with this idea, I then fell out with the client and lost, lost the business. And, but in, in the process, I had unearthed something that kind of you know when you get that feeling you think oh I'm on something here this, uh, you know mm. my instinct was hang on a minute funny women this is a great idea maybe I can do it anyway maybe I can do it without them anyway two years later or three years later or whatever it was 2002 we um, we ran a big I say we I ran a big charity comedy night in central London uh, with so many famous names it was a really big event in a big theatre, 2,000-seater theatre, which was the genesis of, of Funny Women. And out of that grew the competition, uh, which is really the heartbeat of Funny Women. It's about... Because it, actually, it's lovely. It's lovely to work with lots of famous women and put on big shows. But, you know, what about... How do you get those... How do you get new women into the, into the pipeline? And that's really my passion, is about finding the next, you know the next Joan Rivers or the next Phyllis Diller or, you know, the, 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 new, the new vogue of a of, of performer. And there was nowhere for that there was, because women weren't getting booked on the circuit. They couldn't go around the country in the same way here in the UK. Uh, I think that's also the same in the States. I have quite a few brilliant contacts that I work with in the States, in Boston and in Chicago uh, and uh, L.A. So I'm very in touch with what's going on over there. It is different, but I know that we, as women, both on both sides of the pond, we struggle to get to get the set, to get the, the get the the performance time. 
So the idea of the competition was born, and we ran the first Funny Women Awards in 2003. I scraped about 70 women to enter. I, I enlisted the support of a, an experienced comedy pro- promoter here in the UK to help me because I didn't really know the first foggiest thing about running comedy gigs. Um, and I worked with him for a couple of years until I kind of learned the ropes. And then, so that first competition, we did, uh, we had one award. And then our last awards, which finished earlier this year, uh, which was our 15th awards, we had over 800 uh, entries across four categories. So we now have a performance award called the Stage Award. We have a Comedy Writing Award, which is for comedy scripts. We have a sh- Comedy Shorts Award, which was a comedy short film, so it's a written, produced, and often directed by the performer. So it's a sort of a film, a film version of, of, you know, not necessarily what they do on stage, because actually a film is a whole different medium. But that's a very interesting category, which I think is right for more development. And then we have a Best Show Award, which is a public-nominated award, which is based around... The touring, uh, the touring show circuit. Uh, it could be anywhere in the world, but it's largely based around here in the UK. And obviously, the Edinburgh Fringe being the largest uh, international arts festival, it tends to be where a lot of the nominations came from. From women, I mean, the, the Fringe has quite a good, uh, very a lot of women go and perform at the Fringe and actually do very well at the Fringe because they're quite organised. They're very good at putting their own shows together and marketing and and just developing them. I think that's the thing that women are quite good at. We're quite good at the whole package. So mm. you know, if you look at some of my icons, you know, like um, I mean, did I mean no, Lucille Ball? I think is a great role mm. model because she <laughs> literally, you know, wrote, starred directed, produced her own programs and her own comedy. And I think, uh, and in the UK, we have, you know, people like French and Saunders and the late, great Victoria Wood, who were all brilliant at doing a bit of everything, you know, performing, writing, producing, directing. And actually, that's very, that fits in very much with the whole women being able to multitask, you know. (laughs) We're pretty good at that. We can pull yeah. a lot of stuff together. There are men that are good at it as well. I'm not anti-men in that respect, but I do think women are pretty good at balancing out their skills to produce a product. Um, and having spent a lot of my career in PR and marketing, which is quite interesting, you know, if you look at that industry, that is a lot of the real, you know, all, you know, a lot of the engine room of, of that industry is run by women. There might be a lot of men at the top, which is all wrong, but, you know, I think that's what we're good at. We're good at pulling the whole thing together. So so what Funny Women has grown into is this very important uh, platform for women exploring their comedic boundaries, and then it's now tipped over into the world of business. I've probably been doing business stuff for about 10 years now. I started running workshops. Someone asked me to go in and run some workshops in a company. I spent a lot of time thinking about, oh, how do I change this for a company environment? In, in the end, I, I pretty much do exactly the same thing. I just gear things slightly different for a business audience. But a lot of the techniques and a lot of the skills and a lot of the exercises are very almost identical to what we do to encourage women to do stand-up comedy. But it's, you know, transferable skills because 
doing a stand-up routine is like doing a presentation to your board or talking at a conference or whatever. So, you know, there's a huge market for that. I do quite a bit of online coaching now, like you. I, you know, I do Skype sessions with people. Uh, I love doing that, actually. You do a lot of that, don't you? It's, it's really interesting. I do. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I have a few clients that I work with, you know, I might, do a couple of sessions with them and then go away and then they come back again. I sometimes see them face-to-face and then I carry on working with them over Skype if they're not too near me. But I really enjoy that because I really like to see their development. So there's a, there's a really big appetite for this kind. I mean, I specialize in humor and how you can use humor to communicate. So that's my thing. Inevitably, it spills over into other stuff. And I, you know... Any of us that coach, you know, you know how to press people's buttons. So you kind of get an inkling of what you think is holding them back, and you have to work with that. And I love that. I find that really exciting and interesting. Mm, uh, overcoming people's course, limiting beliefs. Lot, you know, a lot of the other stuff then is based around leadership um, and all the issues that we have to deal with, and that's that's the stuff where you go into companies and you might work with a group. Um, increasingly work with mixed groups as well. I don't, you know, I think the more men we can bring into our space, the better. Because I think men, are, we're, we're used to being in a man's space in business. But it's interesting that men are quite nervous about going into a space with loads of women. And I remember running a really big event for one of my corporate clients. And they got the male MD to come and talk to us all. And it was like a room full of 250 women and the male MD, and he got on stage and he said, I am absolutely terrified. (laughs) He said, I've never spoken to such, so many women in one go before. And I thought it was great, actually, he was so honest. But, you know, quite frankly, we're used to that. I mean, I'm sure you did in your world. And certainly I've, you know, I've been in rooms where I've been the only woman, you know. I'm used to that, but men aren't used to it. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is interesting. It is. Well, Lynn, you've like, honestly, I just love your story and um, how you've grown your business. And, you know, I think all credit to you. I think you're very inspirational um, for anyone that is listening. So thanks for sharing that. I'm really conscious of the fact that we're going to be going to a break pretty soon. However, we do need to start talking about what the, you know, the show is called The Curse of the Alpha Woman. Yeah, which I found very, very intriguing. And this comes from um, an article that you wrote for The Guardian. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? It was such so, an interesting thing. I can't remember. I, I think the title might have come later. Uh, but I'd been to a number of networking things and I'd seen a couple of very well-known or well-respected or, you know, celebrated women speak at these events and I was struck by uh, I was going to say sort of their indifference, their sort of their separateness you know they were quite um, kind of quite distant until they let it slip and they, they, they let some a little chink of their everyday real selves into the conversation so, you know, that heart-melting moment, we think, actually, she is a human being. She's, she's, not, you know, she's, not a, she's not a robot. She is a real person. And 
that was what it that was what struck me about the whole thing is that we as women weren't letting the world in. You know, we were putting this very brittle kind of shell on ourselves to protect ourselves. Why? You know, actually, what drives the world now is, you know, we need, we need warmth. We need to know that these people who are in leadership roles are real people who have families, who may be dealing with some sort of unconscious bias because they're from a different race or they're gay or disabled or, or whatever, or older, you know, we, why are we not, why are we putting this kind of big, you know, sort of coat of armor around ourselves? And these women really sort of personified that. So that was why I wrote the original piece for the Guardian three years ago. I can't believe it's that long ago. And then, uh, I was, I was already sort of writing this article anyway, the curse of the alpha woman. And I happened to switch on to the lovely Graham Norton show, which I do believe is available on BBC America. Uh, and they had the, uh, the, the Ocean's Eight Brigade were, uh, five of the eight stars were all on the couch with Graham. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be a challenge for him. And I was right, because they were all such strong characters, and they were all talking over each other. They were sort of slightly competitive with each other. It was, it was really interesting. If anyone's, you know, if anyone's interested in the group behavior of women, watch that, because you've got every alpha woman type displayed in that, on that couch. It was just so incredible. And it really uh, showed me that women group together. So they were quite powerful as a group. They were interacting with each other and they weren't really letting Graham in. You know, he had to really fight to get a word in or to ask a question. And it was the Ocean's 8 show. You know, it was their show. And then suddenly, it all, Graham managed to sort of bring it round and it was back to being the Graham Norton show. And my question, my, my, my theory is, and it is only a theory, is he could do it because he's gay. So he kind of got in with the girls, you know. He started to kind of, you know, wheedle his way in <laughs> uh, into the conversation. Um, so that's my that's my observation, and that's where that all came out of. And then then I got me to thinking, you know, actually, as women, we are cursed. You know, you can't be noisy and egotistical and competitive as women. It's not seen as seemly or ladylike. Well, mm. hell no. I think they've got to get used to it, you know. Bring, bring, in, bring out our inner Annie Oakley or whatever her name was. You know, we need, to, we need, the, we need the alpha women because they're important. Um, okay. I can talk more Lynn, about let's that. Leave it, uh, you know, let's leave it there because I think we're about to go for a break. Sorry to that. I'd love to explore a bit more. Absolutely. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but we are going to a break. You can learn more about Lynn by visiting funnywomen.com. But stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages, speaking more with Lynn Parker. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a purpose-driven entrepreneur who wants to create prosperity, wealth, and abundance in your business through public speaking? 
As a presentation coach, Abigail Rebecca helps entrepreneurs just like you tap into their power and break through their creative blocks to discover their unique presentation style and transform into fearless, authentic, fabulous presenters and influencers. Whether you've never spoken in public before, whether you've spoken a few times and need to improve, or whether you're an experienced speaker who wants to improve your conversion rate, Abby is ready to offer you a free 30-minute strategy session this week. On this call, you'll dig deep so Abby will understand you and what you believe in. What's your big, beautiful vision? Then she will help you to create a plan that will set you up to win. Email hello at abigailrebecca.com and set up a free Own Your Authentic Voice strategy session today. Again, that's hello at abigailrebecca.com. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Present Your Power with Abigail Rebecca. To find out more about Abigail and her coaching services, please visit abigailrebecca.com. Now, back to Present Your Power. Hey, everyone, and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed those messages. Um, My name is Abigail Rebecca, and I help entrepreneurs earn multiple six figures by transforming them into fabulous presenters. And it's all about standing up and finding your voice and speaking your truth, which is why I'm so delighted today to speak to Lynn Parker. Welcome back, Lynn. Hello there. Hi. Hello. So before we went to the break, we were talking about you were, you know what? I haven't seen this Graham Norton show, so I need to, I need to go and watch it. I read your blog um, or your, yes. your write-up about it, your article around, around it, but I didn't actually go and see the show. So it sounds really interesting, like having all these amazing, powerful women on the set yes. all together. I can just picture it in my head now because I know who's in the movie and I just think they're all amazing so I can just imagine what it was like so I I do need to go watch it what is so interesting is that Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock were interviewed on uh, BBC Radio 4's The Film Show um, and I I just happened to switch on as I was uh, driving home late at night and they were chatting away about the the idea you know that all so so many of them eight really quite well known film stars all working together and about directing and what have you and they were talking about collaborating and you know how how when men all work together the power politics are fine but as women we um, you know it's difficult because you had to be careful about not stabbing people in the back and uh, you had to collaborate and I'm thinking. This sounds really familiar. And it took me about 24 hours, but I, I don't know and I can't prove it, but 
Kate Blanchett and Sandra, Sandra Bullock, if you're out there, I think you read my article. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was actually really weird. I was thinking to myself, they're playing back what I've written in this article. But I do know that the, um, the PR company for the film here in the UK were in touch with us. I mean, we didn't, we weren't important enough to go on the press junket. I'm just saying it here. And consequently, I haven't yet seen the film. But, um, you know, we, I'd like to think that some of the stuff that myself and my great team of freelance and contributors, the Funny Women website, we, you know, we do have something to say about this. I mean, we're not all comedians. We're all doing different things. But, you know, the writers are just as important as performers in, in my world. But it was, inter- it was really interesting to hear them saying that because really the point about all of this is that alpha women or whatever you want to call them, these leadership role models, whether they're big-name film stars or they're prime ministers or leading stateswomen or powerful sportswomen or whatever they are, they are there because they've worked really hard and they've learned how to play the game and almost certainly made a number of sacrifices to get to that role. I mean, there's always a sacrifice, and men make them as well. Uh, and as a woman, you don't always have the, the, you know, you don't always have a, the equivalent of a wife at home cooking your meals and looking after you in the same way that a man does. Going back to my, you know, going back to my relationship is, you know, Rich and I've always been a bit of a team, and so we help each other out. But you don't all, not everyone has that. But the point is that these alpha women, uh, they will have a chink in their armour and they are, they are only, they're just waiting for that moment for you to ask them or to, to be able to pass on their knowledge or for them. You know, often it's very lonely at the top and, you know, it's really lovely when people reach out to you and they say, like you saying to me, I'm a legend. You know, that is lovely. I, you know, I don't think of myself in that way at all. But I will go away from this interview feeling empowered by that and, and, you know, that's important. And I don't think we do that enough to each other. And that's kind of the takeout that I think um, I got out of watching these five, you know, extremely well-known, powerful singers, film stars, all with each other, telling each other how wonderful they were, slightly playing off each other, but it was quite exciting to watch. And actually being quite a team and being quite supportive of each other and I think that's where we then have to play that down the line. So, you know, even if you are the most important person in your business, never be too too grand to, you know, I sit most days and answer all the contact forms from the website. You know, we have a contact form. I get all sorts of requests, you can imagine. But I always try and take the time out to answer where I feel it is appropriate and point people in the right direction. I do that. I don't give that some minion to do it. I do it. It's my business. I am, you know, I am the beating heart of the business. So it's important for me to feed that down. Never be too grand. You know, it's, it's, it's good to be humble and it's good to remember where you came from. Um, and interestingly, I will say, big, big cry out, you know, big shout out for the men. A lot of the men I truly like and admire in business have been like that as well. You know, they, they've always had time to help you. Uh, and we'll take time to explain something. We don't like mansplaining, but, you know, when you ask, when you need some information and you go to people to ask for it and they explain it to you, that's great. Don't need the men that, you know, treat you in a sort of patronizing way and because you're a woman and you don't really know what you're doing. You know about all this mansplaining stuff, but I hate all that. 
Um, and as women, what we have to remember, um, I've come up with a great line. I'm going to use this. I'm going to write another article. Don't, don't pay lipstick service, you know. Don't just do a kiss off and be nice and then not follow it through. If you offer to help someone, see it through. You know, don't, don't promise someone you're going to do something and then not do it. I always feel terrible when I've, you know, said I'll do something for somebody and then I don't find time to do it. I hate it. I, I'll beat myself up over that. And I'm sure I do. I'm sure I have done that hundreds of times, but mainly it's because I'm too busy and I just overpromise. But, you know, if you say you're going to do something, see it through. So, Alpha Woman in her, in her best role is a doer. She's powerful, but she's, she's generous. She shares. She will share her power and her ability to get it with her, with her, with, with her peers and with her, her younger, um, you know, people around her in her company or in her social circle. Um, and I think that's it. We've got to reframe that. We've got to, we've got to learn how to use these women to help us through, you know, and build, and build a better platform for women to do business politics, work in the media, be great sports people. Because women, just as, just as men do, we want to win as well. You know, we are quite competitive as women. That's the other thing. It's, it's not seemly to be competitive. But actually, I think women are, by nature, very competitive. Um, you know, they compete to get the best, you know, the best part, you know, the best male partner to procreate. You know, that's really important. You know, your gen- the genetic states are high. So, of course, you need the, the strongest, fittest, most han- handsome mate to give you the most beautiful, healthy, wonderful children. You know, that's, that's the sort of, you know, the, the hunter-gatherer model, really. Our most basic instinct is to, to win and have the best way of passing on the human race. So that's a very philosophical way of looking at it, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Here ended the sermon, Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's interesting when you describe the alpha woman because you talk about they. So it's, it's so uh, you know when when you're describing an alpha woman, I, I feel that you're describing a lot of us, you know, who are yeah. self-assured, confident, and um, we're empowered. Am I an alpha woman? Yeah. Um, if I I wouldn't necessarily call myself an alpha woman, but oh. if you're if you're if you're saying that an alpha woman is somebody who is self confident and self assured, um, and empowered, but not afraid to share their vulnerable side, then yeah. you could call me an alpha woman. Um, but I, you got, know, I just it's, I, it's got a wrong connotation. I think I, I I'm kind of I call my article the curse of the alpha woman because I think. We, we see it in a negative way. What I've tried to do with both the articles I've written about it is to, ch- to, to say, is it, is, it a neg- is it a negative thing? You know, because mm. power with women is often seen in a negative way, and I don't think, I think we've got to reframe that. Because, mm. you know, and it's also how our perceptions of power. I mean, that's what you do, you know. How, how that's what you you work with, you work with people that want to be powerful, is what is power, how do we use our power, I mean power can be abused as well as it can be used to, to the greater good so uh, that's it it has so many, there's so many layers of this, I mean you know yeah. it's a huge philosophical debate isn't it really 
it is it really is and you know I have to say Lynn I I really think I do think you are amazing I love what you've done I love what you stand for I love your vision and I think you're a very powerful woman um you know you've built a business and um you've you know you've stood against adversity and um you know I think you should also be commended but for everything that you have done um, within the business and how you've actually changed as well the world of female comedy, mm, um, it, you, you know, over over the years it, in the UK and Ireland. So I just want to acknowledge that as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, gosh, time flies, doesn't it, when you're having fun? Yes. I mean, it's just you and me having a bit of a chat, isn't it? But, yeah. you know, I forget, I forget we're on air. Yeah. And we've only got yeah. three hours. We've only got three minutes to go. So um, before we go, have you got any sort of like quick final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our audience today? Well, I think the main thing is that remember that humour, using humour and being funny. People, people remember things that are funny. And as women specifically, all, all men think they're funny. Let's, let's just go there, you know. Most men think they're funny. But as women, we don't naturally think we are funny. Actually, we're hilarious. We share our stories and our humor within our communities. All you've got to do is just kind of just, just remember that when you're preparing for a business presentation or you're picking up the phone to your elderly mom or whatever, that making them laugh is a really good way of ice-breaking cheering somebody up if they're feeling a bit sorry for themselves. It, it, is our, it is our innate feminine power to do that. When we have children, we tickle them to make them laugh. You know, that's the very base version of it. So that would be the thing I'd like to leave you with because I think that, you know, we are funny. We are great at what we do. I'm, I'm particularly lucky. I work with some amazingly brilliant, hilarious women. I've seen some women on their first ever gig and now I'm watching them on a world stage what an exciting thing to do for a living almost a living (laughs) you know I'm very I'm very blessed um so my big call out is if you think you want to do it you know talk to me I'm happy to you know talk to people over over Skype um I run workshops we run some amazing events here in the UK I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe and uh, hopefully I'll meet some of you out there at some point, come and say hello. I'm not, Great. I'm an alpha woman with a big chink in my arm. <laughs> Lynn, it's been an absolute pleasure and I can't agree with you more. I mean, I always say to my clients, you know, humour connects. It's so, so important yes. to laugh. Don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid to forget to laugh and, and, and use humour to connect. Thank you so much for being a guest. You've Thank been you. wonderful. Lovely to talk to you. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week, same time, same place. But for now, whatever you're doing, have a good one. And I'll see you next week, sunshine. Thank you for listening to Present Your Power. Be sure to join Abigail Rebecca for another episode of the series next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an excellent week and challenge yourself to do something you've always wanted to do.